Hello and welcome to the No But Let's Talk About That, the podcast. I'm so thrilled that you've decided to join us today and we hope that you stay. So grab your headphones, grab a matcha, and allow us to do all of the talking. Hello, you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have a little intro for you because as you probably saw by the title of today's episode, we have a guest. So I would like to say that I'm very, very happy to have our special guest on the episode today. Um, his name is Dave. I've invited Dave on this week's episode to speak about finding new passions with adulthood because in the last seven years, he has become an avid triathlete, but not just any triathlete. He has participated in 20 triathlons, six of those being Ironmans. Um, and to just list a few achievements, he has qualified for the Ironman 70.3, which is the half, and the full Ironman World Championships. He has earned the title of a silver all-world athlete and then in 2022 was promoted to a gold all-world athlete. And that same year was ranked 71st in the world in his age group. To add to to add the cherry on top of all of those achievements, he happens to have a gift for comedy, is one of the most intelligent men that I know, and is a main role model in my life. So, Dad, I'm so excited to have you on the episode this week. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the introduction. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so basically we just kind of wanted to have a conversation this week about, um, finding new passions in adulthood. I kind of said that in the intro and just kind of, I feel like there's a huge idea that people get very, um, stagnant and I feel like just also your generation in general was kind of raised on the idea. And I feel like our generation is kind of breaking that, that you just kind of need to have like a nine to five and then that's how you live life for the rest of everything. And it's kind of hard to try new things and branch out. And I feel like you clearly did that. Like you found a new hobby and yeah. Yeah. Um. So kind of getting into that, you've told me this story recently, but I just kind of wanted some background on the story behind how you got into triathlons in the first place, just kind of your background story. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, as I tell you the story, I think it'll kind of lead into this idea of, you know, finding a passion or where some of those things might come from in life when you get a little bit older. Because um, I think some of, you know, how I got into triathlon really is inspired by stuff from early on. And um, that may be something we can talk about. But uh, yeah, basically I had been a, a runner, uh, primarily like a long distance runner um, all my life. I, uh, you know, originally tried to play football in high school <laughs> and was really, really little. And so um, the coach at the end of my freshman year suggested that maybe I try a sport that, um, might not get me killed. So he suggested maybe I would go with the fall sport of cross country, which um, I, you know, I had been running before that. My my older sister ran at the same high school. And so I knew the coach. And so then um, for the remaining three years, I ran cross country and then literally never stopped running. So I just um, ran all the time and pretty much every day 
um, as well for a long period of time, ran several marathons along the way, really enjoyed it. And, um, and again, we can kind of talk about, you know, beyond some of the physical stuff too, like with mm -hmm. this, if it makes sense, um, you know, why I enjoy that. But uh, there was a, an event that I had always wanted to do, which was, um, it was called Hood to Coast. It was a 200 mile relay run <clears throat> that you ran with a team. You literally started at the top of Mount Hood um, at the ski resort and you ran down all the way to the coast of um, Oregon. So it was Hood to Coast. And at the time, now it's been replaced by a lot of these Ragnar runs, but it was like the like biggest 200 mile relay run uh, in the country. And so I had always wanted to do it. And I talked to a friend and he said, hey, let's get a team and do it. And so we did it. Um, I kind of sped up some of the training because um, I was just really running uh, kind of recreationally, but not really training for anything. Sped that up in the process, experienced really like the first ever running injury that I had, which was I hurt my Achilles on the left leg. And so I uh, made the decision, I'm going to run the event. Hopefully nothing snaps yeah. and I make it. And um, after that, the uh, advice that I got from a friend who was a, a doctor, a foot doctor actually had said, maybe you want to just like shut it down for a while. So I ran the event, it was in August. And then I decided I wasn't going to run until January of the next year. And um, that was the longest period of time that I went without running um, for whatever it was, like 30 plus years. Wow, and that's crazy. really, really, like really, really difficult. And I really, really missed it. And so um, I got back to it and realized that it was weird how like, I felt like everything hurt and I wasn't um, like strong enough to run. I was having a tough time. And so I was, I talked to another friend who said, you know, maybe you need, you know, you're older and you can't just run every day running as well as other things are as a process of kind of breaking muscles down, right? And you need to let them rest and recover. And especially as you get a little bit older, those type of endurance sports, you need some other recovery or other things. So uh, incorporate some strength training and maybe do something like biking as well. And so I'd always wanted to do um, triathlon, you know, for your much older listeners, if you have them, they might remember a show called ABC's World Wide World of Sports. Um, you know, the thrill of victory, the exit of defeat. You can look it up on YouTube. Um, but uh, they used to, it was on it all the time and they used to feature, you know, before cable TV where we had three channels, it was like the sports program where they feature different types of sports and it was on every weekend. And I saw they would always show the Ironman World Championship. And I literally said, I always wanted to do that. I always want to do that. I want to do that. And mm -hmm. uh, so when I got the bike, I thought, well, you know, I'm two thirds of the way there. I could actually do this um, Ironman thing. But uh, as you know, and you have probably discussed, or I know you've discussed that some of the other or previous episodes, you were a swimmer growing up. Yes. And, um, <laughs> so I thought, uh, and I didn't know how to swim. And so I thought I'm going to ask you to teach me how to swim. Um, and you were a tough but fair coach and taught me how to swim. And so I, that Wait. was it. Once I knew how to swim. I started with my first triathlon and um, quickly went from a sprint to an Olympic to a half to a full distance uh, Ironman triathlon in the course of 12 months, which I'm not sure is the right way to do it, but um, I always wanted to do that. So I did Wisconsin Ironman and finished it. And um, 
then once I finished it, it, I was I was hooked and I said, all right, you know what? Now I want to actually compete at this and I want to see how good I can get at um, my my very advanced age. So um, so that was it. So really it was um, an injury to something that was a passion of mine, which was running that caused me to kind of diversify. But it also caused me to like go back and finally attack something that I always wanted to do which was I always wanted to do triathlon and I always had a reason not to, which was I didn't know how to swim and or I didn't have a bike. And once I once those two excuses got left behind, um, that was it and I was in. So now I, um, like you said, I've competed in a number of Ironmans. I've kind of changed distances for this year to compete at the USA Nationals at the Olympic level and just see how good I, good I can get and see if I can you know get world qualifications at multiple distances. So that's the long story. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's insane. And also, I didn't know that Anna was your swimming coach. I was. Yeah, oh, you know, there's, there's like an infamous story that I tell, which is... Uh, uh, like one of my favorite stories is, um, you know, so again, I literally didn't know how to swim at all. And I also, um, you know, even to this day have a, a serious issue with um, fear of water. Mm. And so, you know, thinking about how am I going to swim two and a quarter or two and uh, 2.4 miles in an open water situation in a lake or in an ocean or something was, is like the biggest mental thing that I have to overcome literally every race I have to over I have to get myself into this mind of you know you've been swimming for a long time you're not going to drown but it's still just this this fear but um early early on we were at the YMCA and we were in the pool Anna was practiced for two hours doing her crazy whatever it was five six thousand yards and then <laughs> enough to meet me in the like the regular person's pool and um teach me how to swim. And so we were doing some drills on like, I couldn't figure out like how to breathe and do that. And she had me hanging on to the side with hands and just like turning my head to the side and like blowing bubbles in the water and then getting air. And she said, all right, now we're going to try it by swimming across the pool. And so she kind of retreated over into the like deep end and kind of the open area. And I was in the lane and I started in the deep end and went and I got to the point where the pool got shallow about halfway. So I made it about 12 and a half yards and I stopped and I like put the feet down and she like slowly came over, like waded over and said, <laughs> that was really good. Why did you stop? And I said, I got water in my mouth. And she said, hey, do me a favor, look around and tell me what you see. And I was like, I don't know. I see other people. I see, you know, and she's like, no, what are you standing in? And I said, water. She's like, yeah, you're in water. You're going to get water in your mouth. If that happens, you just spit it out and keep going. So go back to the wall and let's do it again. And then she oh, swam. My God. <laughs> he said I was a ruthless coach. And that's like totally my personality too. Like it is, <laughs> it's but not it's, absolutely got me to the point where um I, w I went from swimming that first 12 and a half yards and like barely making it to um I can do that basically two and a half miles in a lake now, even Wow. You know, the uh, conditions aren't that good. So I, yeah. I all that first, like, just spit it out and keep going. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of like the spit it out, keep going mindset and someone else telling you that that other person being me <laughs> um, throughout your story, 
um, you kind of, there was like a, I feel like there was a consistent theme. And I think this happens a lot with a ton of people who find new passions or like, you know, like I have my own story of not like failure or like kind of injury is not the right word, but like how I got into health and wellness. Like there's almost kind of like a point where it's like a downslope and you're like, I don't want to be here. I need to do something. And so maybe that's why like, you know, you got injured and then you kind of just like felt in a place and you were like, this sucks. I'm not running. I need to do something else though. And then it kind of spirals into this whole new like way of life for you. That was like triathlons. Um, but you said that you always kind of wanted to do that in the first place, but there were excuses, um, like the not swimming and then just like, you know, not really knowing kind of almost where to begin. And so speaking on having like excuses and stuff and you know with training now you probably sometimes have excuses because you always you know we live in Wisconsin I'm from Wisconsin and uh there's some pretty crappy weather that you have to deal with when you go on runs sometimes so what is one of your biggest like for you a lot of this is mental is what I'm trying to get at and like what do you think are some of the main things that like are big kickers for you when it comes to like overcoming these hurdles and getting over excuses that may be in your head, because no matter what, like you can look back and be like, I had all these excuses, but you're still here. Like you got through them somehow. Every time, you know, you're like, it's bad weather outside. I don't want to go on this training run. You still do it or you figure out a way to get around it. And so what is some of your best advice when it comes to like overcoming those challenges to like get where you want to be? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I think, you know, especially when, um, you know, and I always, I always tell people too, I, you know, I always said this when I like ran marathons and stuff, um, people would, you know, some of them kind of incredulously, incredulously would say like, you ran a marathon, you know, and I yeah. say, yeah, you could run one too. And they're like, oh, I could never do that. I can't run around the block. And, um, you know, I would always say to everybody, you have everybody, unless you have some like truly preventative reason why you can't and it's like in today's world it's not even like i i am missing a portion of my leg or something because they have ways to help people run you know like um paralympic athletes and others um you know to run that stuff but um what i have found particularly with something like ironman where you know my first first race took me 13 hours and 51 minutes and so you're 14 hours basically out there by yourself yeah, there's people along the sides, not in the water, um, but there's people cheering you on and you run past people occasionally who cheer you on. But for the most part, you're in your head and you guys, I think there's actually been a couple like self-talk and getting away from negativity podcasts that you guys have done where you kind of explore some of these things. But I will tell you that um, when you're doing something tough like that, I always tell people, you know, it's Iron Man is a like strength endurance event right like you have to be mm -hmm. strong enough and you have to be durable enough to like make it through the whole day so you don't break down mm -hmm. but um the bigger part of it is the mental strength piece of it because for 14 hours um especially when you get through you're halfway through the swim or you get onto that bike and you know you've got 112 miles to go before you get off so you can run the marathon um you're just everything about your head is telling you like Hey, you know what? It'd be really easy to stop, right? There's 
There's no reason why you can't stop. You could always do this again next time. You could write like your body, and especially when things get tired and start to break down, and um, or if you're you know if you're not eating enough during the day during the event, like you know you'll start to get all of those signals of this is really hard, and maybe you should just stop, right? And it's that little like Mistopheles devil on the shoulder that's constantly telling you like you know it would be easier like no one's going to say anything if you stop. And, you know, like mm -hmm. well, these people who are out here watching would never even start a triathlon, let alone get this far. Like you've done a really good job, right? You get all these messages. And so I always say like, you know, the self-talk, you, you got to have like a really good self-talk game. Um, and that's, it's the same thing for um, training and weather and all those things, uh, you know, like getting out there. And you, you guys hear it all the time. And, you know, again, you're in the fitness world. And you hear all these people say, like, just showing up is like part of the battle, right? Like, yeah, there's a million reasons, like, uh, to the cold today. Oh, you know what? Um, I got something I got to do. Maybe I'll take that 45 minute run and just make it a 30 minute, right? And basically, you know, to kind of get to your question, a lot of those times where I don't want to do it, and I'll tell you, I experienced that today. I had, um, you know, I had I had a swim swim herb, which is a dry land swim workout um leading into uh, a bike workout and then I had like a strength session after that and when I was getting done with the bike I was going through and I was like okay and I have a coach who sees my workouts and those type of things I was getting done with the bike and I was thinking like okay you know and I could just tell my coach that I forgot to record the strength workout but I actually did it or mm -hmm. um you know, mm -hmm. and you start to come up with those things because, you know, the bike was tiring. I just did the swim workout, you know, and I thought, you know what? But the only person that is going to know that that happened is me. And I'm going to know that when I am 10, 12, 14 miles from the finish line of that marathon trying to finish, kicking myself saying, you probably should have done that short strength workout after that one bike ride back on March 12th, because that's the reason why you're not strong enough, to, right? And so for me, it's just like, it's kind of the, you know, the old adage, like the only person you cheat is you cheat yourself. And, um, you know, you just have to kind of say like, hey, this is it, right? Like, this is why I do it. And you 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 find with a lot of these things too, and a lot, with a lot of passions, consistency and some discipline is what really, helps you get better and then ultimately helps you enjoy it. And if you've got things like me where I've got goals where I want to get to certain times or I want to compete at certain levels in order to go to different races, like to get to those goals, like you have to just show up and do the work on some of those. Mm. And, um, and so it, it becomes a, a very, very like strong self-talk game, right? And so um, anytime you hear anybody making an excuse for something, um, you can always say like, yeah, but what's that, you know, that, so it may save you time today, or you may miss something today, but, um, it's when you're finishing that race, you, it, you know, like if you get done and you miss your time goal by 10 minutes, the only person that caused you to miss that 10 minutes is the person who talked you out of finishing that workout or going out in the snow and running, or going out when it was raining and getting on the bike, right? Like, that's the person who you should be talking to, is that, like, again, little devil on the shoulder that convinced you it wasn't worth it to go out and bike in the rain, 
And that's why you missed it by 10 minutes. You know, it's so it just, it's a really powerful lesson for me, or it has been of, you just got to have a good and really strong, like mental toughness, um, like self-talk game with a lot of this stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's always the constant idea that you are like your own kind of like worst enemy and you always self-criticize yourself like the most but it's totally true because at the end of the day when you're finishing the race you're like no one else did this yes I have a coach and he told me what to do and yes I have these people here supporting me and that was great but at the end of the day it's still like me it's like me taking in the information me taking in the support and like it's what I you know what you're not what I but you know what I mean what you're doing with it and like yeah yeah yeah, sorry to interrupt. I I I recall um, being a big fan of the No, but let's talk about that series of podcasts. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but you guys at some point um, talked about like being hard on yourself, mm-hmm. and I don't remember actually if it was you or and if it was you had said you know kind of a technique for um, like this self criticizing is would you say that stuff to one of your good friends or family members, right? I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I'm nailing that right, but yes. No, yeah. Talk about it and, and think about that. It's it's in a way it's kind of the same thing um, you know, with the self-talk stuff, right? If depending on the situation, so you and Ashley are are training for something and she comes up to you and says, you know, like, oh we're supposed to bike today, you know, it's kind of cold. Like let's what if we just put it off, right? She's trying to, she doesn't want to do it and she's trying to convince you not to do it right like you know is she like in real life that little devil on the shoulder saying like we don't have to go out and you know get in the bad weather to do this stuff like what's the benefit of that you know like we could just take a day off nobody will know I kind of think about that with this too it's like when you are you know tell when your body or your mind is sending you those signals of saying like hey maybe you should not do this or um you know maybe like today's the day that we don't have to like really get into this even though we had a plan um is it kind of the same thing would you say that to somebody else would you try to convince someone else if they were passionate about something would you say those things to them you know and try to talk them out of it like you're trying to talk yourself out of it you know it's kind of the same thing yeah thank you i think that's a like a really good perspective of just the idea of you know, like my friends have like passions and goals and stuff. And I think it would be so hurtful if I was like going up to them and be like, you're not good at this. Like other people are better than you. Like I would never. <laughs> because yeah, like, your goals anyway. Like why do you have to go out today and fight? You know, like it's not yeah. just one day, you know? It yeah. It would be kind of weird. You know, I, one of the things I, this is what I was referencing before. You mentioned this in your, um, in your question. I hope you don't mind if I like take it this direction, but yeah. Uh, this idea of, you know, so passions emerging later in life and excuses for, you know, where to get there. Again, it, it it's kind of interesting. So, you know, like like I said, the, the triathlon thing, if I really look at it, didn't just come out of nowhere. I think sometimes there are a number of ways, like you said, that people kind of find something where, um, hey, I, I was always running and I got hurt and I couldn't run anymore but I but I loved the exercise and I love being out there and so I got a bike 
right? And so I enjoyed cycling or whatever the case is. And maybe that's somebody, how they get into cycling. And then they find like, wow, this is great. I wish I had done this years ago. I love it, right? So I think there's there's things where circumstances kind of push you to find something later that you find ultimately you really enjoy, but you never would have considered, right? So I think that maybe is one way to get in there. And the, the other way, and this is what I was referencing with when I started my story before is, there are probably these passions that people have or things that they want to try that um, life or circumstances or whatever say uh, don't allow them to, to pursue that or to get into that, right? And for me, triathlon was like that. Um, one, I didn't know how to even get into triathlon. I didn't know where to find it, right? Mm -hmm. It never kind of crossed my mind. But I will tell you that when I, in the 1980s, and I seriously, I remember watching, it first was on ABC Wide World of Sports when they first did the Ironman in Hawaii. And then they would show it every year. They would show on TV, like an edited version of that day. And to watch those people traveling 140 plus miles in Hawaii via like sea, bike and run, it was like, I want to do that, right? And so that was something that I always wanted to do. But I would say circumstances kind of put that aside, but it was a dream. It was a, you know, something that I always wanted to do that I just never let go of. And so when the running thing happened, you know, and again, for me, it was, it was funny because after I ran my first marathon, um, someone, there was a woman from work. Um, she literally said like, hey, well, what's next for you now? Are you going to do Ironman? And I was like, you know what? It's funny. She said that. Like, I always wanted to do Iron Man, right? And and I kind of thought about what she said, and I was like, yeah, yeah, actually, you know. And I kind of humored her with it. But what was going through my head was, boy, I wish I could swim, right? I wish I could swim. I don't know how to swim. I'm never going to be able to do that. But I never lost that want to do that event or to do Iron Man as a as a hobby or as a, a competitor. And um, like you said, the circumstances then changed and allowed me to do that. So one was, it takes a lot of time to do that training, right? And so some people who have a very busy job or who have a very busy job and they have kids, right? I never wanted to take all that time away, but when a couple things happened, one, I got injured and then I kind of changed things and I got my first road bike. And then I thought, all right, now I'm only one step away. And then I had two kids who were really busy with their own lives, who were doing stuff where it was like, okay, so if one's at swim practice and the other one is at cross country practice or he's at golf, um, I have a couple hours where I could go out and I could do these, do this training and I could start this stuff and I'm not going to miss them or I'm not going to miss anything. And so those circumstances changed and I think kind of conspired to say, now's your chance, right? Like now you can, I, I I know it's late in life and you don't usually pick up, um, you know, doing something like Ironman when you're in your late forties, but uh, you've always wanted to do it and circumstances have aligned for you to now pursue this and see if you really want to do it. And I think, you know, that's where, um, you know, some people might say, to your, you know, kind of to your point, your question of, hey, I'm good, right? Got the job, I've been doing this, I'm, it's, things are good enough. And um, I'm kind of old now. I don't know if it's a good time to start something that is like this strength endurance um, 
you know, type of activity at this point, you know, whatever, whatever it might be for some people, right? Like I'm going to start equestrian at 48 or um, I'm going to start skydiving at 52 or because it's something that I've always wanted to do and I'd have a passion for. But now that I have both the means and the ability to do it, are all the excuses gone and can I do it? Um, and some people might just layer on that last excuse to say, yeah, but now I'm pretty old and I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it as much as I would have when I was younger or whatever the case was. And for me, it was like, you've always wanted to do it and now you have the chance. And so um, I just said like, I'm gonna take advantage of it and do it. And again, once I did it, it was like, see, this is why I've always wanted to do it. Cause it's like a perfect thing for me to challenge myself every day to do this. Um, cause it's hard, you know, and like doing hard stuff helps you get better and helps you learn things about yourself every day. So. I think that that's probably one of the like the big things for me that kind of goes back to your question around um, you know why would you pursue something later in life or do it? There's probably a lot of people who have this dream to do something, and just circumstances today or even tomorrow don't allow you to do that for whatever it is. It's expensive, time-consuming, whatever the case is. But circumstances the next day or the week after that may change. And instead of just saying, well, now it's too late or, you know, now maybe I don't want to do it anymore. It's like, go out and take that chance and try it. Especially if, again, it's a dream that you've been hanging on to for a long time. And that's my case. Yeah. Um, I think, first of all, that that was all very well said and spoken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think for me and Ashley too, I think both of us, and this is one reason why we're like such good friends is we, I don't want to say both of us think we have like a different like path and purpose in life, but both of us are very much like, I don't know, like there, it was kind of like starting this podcast. Like we knew we wanted to do it and we talked about it when we were in Paris and it took us a couple months to kind of get the groundwork going. But, you know, in the time being, we made documents, we made list ideas, we made, you know, everything. And Ashley's going to be an actor and, you know, or do screenwriting or do something in amazing in that, you know, field. And that's like what she's going to school for. And she, we were texting the other day and we had to find a time to make our podcast work because she had rehearsals every day. And like, that's a big time commitment for her. And like, then there's like me and it's just like, okay, I have this commitment to, you know, kind of my social media accounts and growing them as, you know, um, because that could be like a source of income for me one day. And like, there are just these things um, that seem there. I feel like they're just such like extra things in our life or they're different career paths that take a little extra time or a little extra dedication. That's not necessarily sitting down at a desk and doing work. And so I think it's like a good, like hearing all of that is like really um, inspiring and kind of reassuring to know that like, whatever you want to do it's not like you so much went off like the beaten path but you know for us I'm absorbing what you just said kind of in that that I can one day start a business you know for me and like there have been so many days where I am such like a planner and I think ahead and I'm sitting here and I'm like I don't know how to start a business I didn't go to school for business like I am not a marketing major I don't know what I'm doing but then the other day I was out and there was like a freshman in our sorority and she was like, 
oh, I found your like TikTok. It came up on my For You page. I was like, oh yeah, like that's just for fun. Um, Like I kind of care a little bit more about my Instagram. And then I showed her and she's like, this is really cool. Are you a marketing major? And I was like, no, I'm not actually. And like, but I just feel like kind of, it's the big, like taking the leap of faith thing um, and like stepping into something that, you know, you really want to do. And like, you know, you're going to have challenges, you know, taking this step isn't really the challenge, but it's like more so like every day after that is like, I got to show up. I got to do my workout. I got to train. I got to stop making excuses. I have to find time for myself to prioritize my goals. And yeah, I think yeah, do yeah, a good job at that. Yeah. There, there's a bunch of things um, in there. I think they all kind of converge together with, again, a lot of the topics that you guys have dealt with on some of the um, episodes that you've done you know, it, it all kind of fits together with this idea of, um, you know, I, there, there's a saying, I don't, I don't remember where it came from, you know, it's probably one of these like mis, misappropriate, like Confucius statement or something, you know, this like journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's, so that's kind of part of it. It's like, wow, this is going to be hard to start my own business, or it's going to be hard to, you know, try to be a triathlete, or it's going to be hard to do something, or I'm going to be an actor. And I, right. Um, that first step is always the hardest, but that's what mo- literally moves you forward toward getting that stuff. And and for me, it it also comes down to, um, like you said, there's a lot of excuses why you can't do stuff. Sometimes there are preventative reasons for things, like I have to hold down this nine to five, or I have to work at this place because I do need the funds to live, right? And there, um, I w- wish I remembered his name. There's a I think his last name is Robinson. He talks, he does a lot of writing about um, education and learning and other things. But one of the things that he has um, talked about is finding your passion. And sometimes you can't, you know, your passion won't make you money or won't allow you to live or whatever the case is, right? Like you're a, you're a, you're, you're a source of support for somebody else. And so you can't just quit your job to go pursue something because that would impact somebody else, right? But yeah. there's always um, ways to kind of get yourself part of the way there or figure it out, right? So um, I want to do this, but I can't do it myself. Maybe there's an organization that I can volunteer for where I can get some of that. I can feed that passion, but I don't have to like lead regular regular life to get there. Like I said, for me, you know, some of that um, circumstances have changed to do this. It's It's interesting, you know, my age group, for men in in triathlon and in Ironman in particular is the largest age group. So when you compete, you know, so like um, you mentioned at the beginning, I had, I had finished ranked 71 in the world in my age group out of, it was like 12,000 people I competed in that age group that year. And every race, if there's 2,000 people in the race, at least 10 to 15% of them or more are just in my age group alone, which is only a five-year span. And a lot of yeah. that is because Ironman is an expensive sport. It's expensive to sign up for the races. Bikes can cost like $15,000. You need a wetsuit to swim, which is expensive. You need, you know, kits. You need these expensive shoes. You burn through a lot of shoes while you're training, let alone racing. And who has the means to spend all of that money on a passion? Yeah. Old men, right? Like, so sometimes... <laughs> life circumstances kind of prevent you from doing what you want to do, but 
like you said, you can't have that as an excuse to not pursue it or not do it. And yeah. I, you'd be hard pressed. And so a couple of things. One is, you know, it's kind of fail forward and learn from what you're doing. And so if you try to start that business and it doesn't work out, like, what did you learn from that? But it's hopefully what you didn't learn from it is, boy, I should never try to start a business. Right. And maybe some of the yeah. cases that's in some cases, that's the, 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 the lesson that some people should take away. But the other um, piece of it is uh, have no regrets on things. Like it'd be, you'd be hard pressed for people who have a passion about something who tried it and just circumstances didn't allow them to do it would say, boy, I wish I hadn't done that. Right. I wish I hadn't like tried to do triathlon. I wish I hadn't tried to start that business. Right. Like, because hopefully people are coming away with some very rich um, learning and experiences from all that stuff. But um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, no, I think this was a lovely conversation. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, you know how people say like, Oh, like life's a marathon or like when they're speaking mm -hmm. about a thing, they're like, it's a marathon. I don't think I've ever realized how much, like how running and, a marathon really is like life it's like yeah. they're so parallel yeah it really is really yeah. is. yeah thank you for sharing and being here with us <laughs> yeah if you ever need to have me back to like rebut anything like the parent episode <laughs> that you did or anything else, <laughs> oh yeah very glad that you guys asked me to come on here and share the stuff i hope it uh it was good for you and you know good for people listening Oh, it definitely will be for sure. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully you found something of value to carry with you as you have an amazing rest of your day. And we hope that you decide to join us again next week.